stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Whether you're young or old, man or woman, we all have one thing in common. Every day, we have the power to decide the type of person we're going to be. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Hannah Hundle, and today the theme for our show is the gift of choice. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity. Each week, we bring you a stimulating, mind-bending, motivating program based on a chapter from our award-winning book, Be the Star You Are for Teens. Simple gifts for living, loving, laughing, learning, and leading. With regard to this week's theme, The Gift of Choice, we are going to take a look at how you can choose a life of integrity, honesty, bravery, and empowerment, and inspire others to do the same. We have a power-packed show for you today, and we're going to kick it off with none other than the rocking author, Natalie D. Richards. Born and raised in central Ohio, Natalie is the author of the Yasta Teen's top 10 nominated psychological thriller, Six Months Later, and the newest thriller, Gone Too Far. With a career history in technical, legal, and business writing, Natalie turned to fiction in her late 20s and hasn't looked back. A champion of aspiring authors, Natalie regularly presents workshops to schools and writing groups. When she's not writing or speaking, you can probably find her wading through the towers of dog-eared paperbacks that have taken over her bedroom. Publishers Weekly called her newest thriller, Gone Too Far, quote, a gripping whodunit with a challenging ethical dilemma at its center. In Gone Too Far, school photographer Piper just wants to graduate, but when she finds a mystery notebook filled with the sins of her fellow students, She's desperate to see some people get a taste of justice. When she gets her chance, when she receives an anonymous text with a tempting invitation, with just one text, she can make them pay. But this vigilante game doesn't feel like justice, and playing comes with a dangerous price. How very cool. Hi, Natalie. I'm thrilled to welcome you to the program. How have you been? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Excited to be here. We are honored to be speaking with you, and you are a rocking author, as I mentioned, and you've got two gangbuster novels going out there. And I know that you originally started with technical writing, and then you changed to fiction. Why the switch? Well, to be honest, I did several kinds of technical writing, including legal writing and business writing. I did that because as a teen, though I always loved fiction... I thought it would be best to do something logical and um, business-friendly. 
So I wanted to make sure that I could secure a job, and that's why I went into technical writing. But as time passed, I realized my real passion had never been achieved. So after kind of a few setbacks along the way, I just started turning to fiction more and more and realizing I have to go for my dream or it's never going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I love how you were able to kind of reinvent yourself and reinvent your identity in a really exciting new way. Was that decision hard to make that switch? That's a pretty big switch to completely change your career around like that. Oh my gosh, it was a huge switch. Honestly, uh, I, have, I had a bit of a catalyst. My mother passed away when I was in my uh, mid-20s. And when that happened, it really kind of shifted my whole perspective of life. And I realized mm. our time here is so limited. Um, and we really don't know how much time we have or, or when opportunities are going to fall away or come to us. So that's when I realized that I had a choice to make. I had a choice about my future and my destiny. And so it was a little easier given the circumstances for me to feel passionate about moving forward. Right, right. You had a choice to make. And we all have really, really important choices to make, whether we're young or old, man or woman. It, it doesn't matter. You all have a choice to make about what type of person you're going to be, what character traits you're going to embody and how you're going to make a difference in the world. And what I love is that your main characters tend to be ordinary girls. And so this message of you have a choice of how you really want to live your life and make an impact can reach everyone. So why do you decide to make a lot of your characters ordinary girls? Oh my gosh, I'm so passionate about my characters because they are like us. I think that the truth is when we read books about girls who are chosen, where there's a prophecy or you know, they've been born a princess or they are secretly a princess, mm -hmm. it's kind of easy to feel this sense of otherness from them. You know, like, well, that's special and I'm not like that. But I want to show that uh, girls from every walk of life, from every situation, even girls who make mistakes, as we all do, that they can also be heroes, that they can do amazing things and accomplish greatness. Yeah. Do you think one of the main key elements to really understanding your books is to identify with that main character? I do. I definitely think that several of my readers have contacted me saying, I've done this, you know, Chloe, and six mm -hmm. months later, she's a bit of a slacker. Um, in the beginning of the story, she's made mistakes in school. She wasn't the perfect student. And I've had a lot of kids reach out to me and say, hey, I've been that, that person in school. I've been that student that drifted off in study hall. Well, so have I, and so did Chloe. And Piper makes some mistakes. She makes some bad choices. That was very intentional because I made a lot of bad choices at 17. And I want to show that those can be learning lessons, that they're not just mistakes to be ashamed of or to hide from. They're also things that we learn from and ways that we grow. I think it's natural and good at that age. Right, right. That's so true. And you mentioned that a lot of teens reach out to you when they feel like they really identified with characters in the book. And when you talk to teenagers like that, do you encourage these youth to really follow their hearts and follow their passions and live out their dreams? Absolutely. One of my few regrets, because I'm not a person to believe much in regret, I think everything in life kind of leads you to the next place. Mm. But one of my few regrets is that I did wait so long to chase what I really wanted. I was afraid of it. I was afraid, what if I never accomplish it? What if it never happens for me? I think you can still make smart choices and still go after your dream. And I wish I had gone after mine sooner. Something I'm really passionate about is encouraging teens that I had the opportunity to interact with to not give up on their dream, whether it be fiction or art or whatever it is, engineering, science, it doesn't matter. I really want girls especially to know that, you know, it's worth fighting for what you want. Absolutely. And it's worth 
doing whatever you can to be the star that you are and you can live a practical dream. And I think that's really an important message to impart to youth. And I'm so grateful that you've been doing that. Oh, absolutely. It's a pleasure to do it. That's one of the reasons I write for teens. Yeah, I was actually just going to get into that. Why do you write for teens specifically? Because I know that you have three wonderful children. And so obviously, you know, encouraging the youth of today, uplifting them, inspiring them is going to be really important to you at a heart level. But is there something that you just a lot of your memories or greatest memories come from your teen years and you and you just want to help teens grow in that manner? Or why do you specifically target the youth demographic? I think one of the big reasons why is I think some of the best fiction in existence is geared towards teen readers. I truly believe that. And I'm, you know, fairly well read being an author. I read a lot of different genres, but I've always had a real passion and love for the teen genre. It's just a time in your life where the world is opening and your identity is really shaping. Um, so it's kind of an amazing audience to write for. I also feel incredibly passionate about giving teens an authentic voice. Mm-hmm. I think that I read some YA fiction when YA began to explode, when teen fiction became big around the twilight time. I started reading some that, that wasn't as well written and felt kind of preachy or, I don't know, not, not as genuine, not as authentic. Yeah. And it was really important for me to push into a real voice so that I could listen to teens, talk to them, get to know them. I think that their concerns and their needs, the stresses, the pain and the joys that you are all going through during this time in your life, it's incredibly important and it deserves a voice. So that's why. Absolutely. And I love how you mentioned this idea of sometimes books geared toward teenagers can be kind of preachy and kind of pretentious. And I wonder, how do you really strike that balance whereby your writing, through your writing, you're speaking to teens at their level instead of above their level? It is tough. I am really vicious with myself with that because I will go through things, especially as a parent. I'm really cautious. Now, my children are younger, so I really haven't hit that. I'm parenting teens, so let me parent a teen in my book. But I am very careful to go through my writing several times. And I also send it to beta readers and a critique partner. They go through it as well to keep me honest. And one of the things I say is, is this preachy? Am I getting bossy here? Am I saying anything? Because it is very important to me, especially with Gone Too Far, which was really a book with a lot of moral questions in it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went through that book more than my typical run through books, just to be sure that I really kept it honest and really thought about every reaction that she made. And that's actually one of the reasons why Piper, my main character in Gone Too Far, she makes some poor choices. And, you know, part of me as as a mom and as an adult is tempted to say, no, Piper, don't. You know, it, it could be better to go this way. Um, but that's not what I did at 17. And, and a lot of 17-year-olds were still shaping ourselves at that age. So I wanted her to be free to make those mistakes. Right, right. And how did you identify that group of beta readers and critiquers that you really trust? Is that, has that been something that you've been kind of amassing through the years as a writer? or? Um, It does. It happens. You know, I have a couple of readers that are actually teen readers that will actually just review my books for me. And then I also have another published YA author, Romilly Bernard. We are actually kind of officially critique partners. And we met um, years ago at a conference and we have kind of connected through that. Um, So it's wonderful because she's so in tune with the genre and she's also an author. So she can really understand and also really kind of pinpoint when I'm leaving my mark there, I want to be that kind of thing. Right, right. Very cool. And you mentioned that in your book, you really do like to shed a light on a lot of the mistakes that teenagers make and how they can probably make better choices. 
do you base that on mistakes that you've maybe made in your own teen years or by watching youth today? Both, definitely. Boy, I couldn't have made more mistakes as a teen if I tried. <laughs> I really, I was not altogether together, let's put it that way. But, you know, I also see that, you know, teens today are facing challenges I never did, things with the internet, things with cell phones, um, adventures that I never had to face. But uh, so I do listen to a lot of mistakes teens make now, but I also definitely draw on personal experience as well. That's great. I love that. Thank you so much, Natalie, for this terrific conversation. You are so passionate about what you do and it shines through all your work. Stick around Aww. because we can't wait to hear more from you. And thank during, you so much. Thank you. And during the break, everyone, be sure to check out Natalie's website at nataliedrichards.com and pick up copies of her books, Gone Too Far and Six Months Later. You are going to love them. Also, please visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com to check out photos, descriptions, links, and more. I'm Hannah Hundle, and stay right here with us as we continue our conversation with Natalie. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. You are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network. Brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. I'm Hannah Hundle, and today our show is all about the gift of choice. And we are back with the very cool Natalie D. Richards, author of Gone Too Far and Six Months Later. Natalie won her first writing competition in the second grade with her short story about Barbara Frances Bizzlefishes, who wouldn't dare do the dishes. And now she writes about awesome girls, broody boys, and all things dark and creepy. Natalie lives in Ohio with her techno whiz husband, three amazing kids, and a 70-pound dust mop who swears he's the family dog. In Natalie's book, Six Months Later, when Chloe fell asleep in class, it was the middle of May. When she woke up, snow was on the ground, and she couldn't remember the last six months of her life. Before, she'd been a mediocre student. Now, she got the grades and the boy of her dreams. But something isn't right. What happened to her? 
Remembering the truth could be more dangerous than she knows. Wow. I am thrilled to welcome the very cool Natalie back to the program. Hi again, Natalie. Thank you for staying with us. Oh, thank you, Hannah. So in the last segment, we were talking about how the teenagers of today are facing a different assortment of challenges than perhaps the teenagers of a couple decades ago. And I think one of those challenges is that now teenagers have to navigate the digital world. Um, but one of the positives of the digital world is that it offers a lot of great opportunities for marketing and spreading the word about different books. And I wonder, how have you taken advantage of social media and all the elements of technology to really promote your books and get your messages out there? Oh, gosh, this is a great question. So the truth is I'm a terrible marketer, but I love to talk. So I'm really good on things like Twitter and Instagram. I would love to send pictures of my dog and crazy things that I'm doing or pictures of me with other authors. But honestly, selling my book that way is really hard because it can come off pretty false. There's a lot of authors out there on Twitter and Instagram. And sometimes you can just kind of feel like you're muddying the waters. And I really want to be authentic. I find that... Um, I really use social media more actually for building relationships and then those relationships actually lead to sales. I think that when you meet readers at events and you get to talk to them personally and kind of identify with them, that makes for a more genuine marketing opportunity than just sending out kind of blind Twitter feeds and things like that. I agree. I agree. And do you typically frequent different schools or different libraries and take your message and take your books directly to children in that way? Yes, definitely. Um, I love school visits. It's probably one of the best things about my job is school and library visits. Um, I'd say it has picked up tremendously since my second book. You know, when your first book comes out, you're fairly new and unknown. Um, Gone Too Far has been out a few months now. And now typically I have anywhere between two and five events a month. Um, sometimes that can really increase. And if you include online events like blog tours, it can even be sometimes 20, 20 events a month, sometimes 40 on a launch month. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and would you say that getting to meet people personally and cultivate relationships that way is your favorite part about being a writer? Absolutely. There is nothing better than being able to talk to teens and get paid to do it. <laughs> it's a kind of amazing thing. I'm like, this is so great. I'm looking and talking to girls and, and young men, too, who are going to be the future of, of this world. That's an amazing, amazing privilege that I have. I'm very lucky. Right, right. It's such a blessing. But then I'm sure there's the flip side of the coin, which are the challenges that accompany your job. What would you say maybe the top three challenges of being a writer are? Oh, gosh. Okay, they're easy. I would say the first <laughs> one is, uh, yeah, I've got a list, a laundry list. Um, self-loathing is one. It's really tough um, when you're critical. It's so important to me to deliver a good product for my readers that sometimes I'm just never happy with what I'm doing. Um, you know, I can have everyone in the world saying, this is amazing, I love this book, and I'm still really doubting myself. Mm. Um, there's also sometimes a real time crunch. Um, I do have a lot of events now, and I wouldn't trade that for the world, but I also have to write books during that time, and that's tricky sometimes to balance everything. I would say the third challenge is probably keeping it all straight. Um, like right now, I have two books out. You're talking to me, of course, about six months later, which was written in 2012 um, and Gone Too Far, which was mostly written in 2013. I have a third book, My Secret to Tell, coming out in October. That one is already done, but I'm starting to talk about promotion with that. And I'm writing a fourth book now. So sometimes I get a little like, okay, what book am I talking about? What's happening here? 
So those are my three. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. And you mentioned that you can be a little self-critical when you're trying to develop characters that really embody all the qualities that you want them to. And I wonder, how do you set about creating your characters? Because I know that every writer has a different sort of process. And do you base your characters off of real people? Or are they purely figments of your imagination? Um, a little bit of both. Um, typically, I will take pieces from people that I know, but I never actually model characters fully after an individual, certainly not primary characters. You know, my protagonist is never, oh, this is my next door neighbor. No, nope, definitely not. Um, I like to create a character that's authentic, though, so I always pull in aspects of people that I actually know, like my cousin was a photographer, so I knew quite a bit about what it was like to be a photographer as a teen and to grow up in that world from her. Um, but Piper's very different than my cousin in many other ways. So that's kind of how I do it. I'll, I'll pull things from many people that I know and also just things that are intrinsic to that character. Right, right. And, you know, I think characters kind of evolve as you write them. You know, maybe by the end of the book, you have a very different character than you set out to write about. And I also think that sometimes the writing process for authors evolves, you know, and, and I wonder, have you found yourself really changing as a writer and growing since the time that you started in your early 20s? Absolutely. Every book changes me. Um, I'm a big fan of The Artist Way by Julia Cameron. I'm not sure if any of you guys have heard of that, but it's an amazing book for anyone creative. I highly recommend it. And that book has really taught me a lot about creative process and kind of embracing that as an artist, your process will change and evolve and that different books will require different things out of me. Uh, six months later was a fairly easy book to write, but a um, pretty hard book to edit. Gone Too Far was incredibly hard to write. I really, I just thought I'd never get through it, um, probably because it was very complex, but it was a little easier to edit. So every book is a little bit different and just kind of requires a new approach. Ah, uh, yeah. And speaking of books that you like, what are some books that you're reading right now? Oh my gosh, that's a good question. I'm reading Since You've Been Gone. I cannot remember the author's name, um, but it is amazing. Um, it just came out, I think, in 2015 or possibly in late 2014, and it is an amazing book. Of course, I'm a huge fan of Eleanor and Park. Um, that was gorgeous that I read last year. Of course, they're all slipping my mind now. I'm trying to think of others. Um, Love and Other Foreign Words by Erin McCahan was just beautiful. Um, I read Please Ignore Vera Dietz by A.S. King. That's also an incredible book. So, yeah, I've read a lot lately that's good. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, to be a good writer, you've got to be a good reader. And I'm sure being an author, literacy is very, very important to you. And it is very dear to us, too, here at Express Yourself, being a part of the Be The Star You Are organization, promoting literacy and positive media. So I love that we share this mission. And how do you really try to promote literacy? I think one of the things that's important to promote literacy is to recognize that our population of teens is changing. Um, we have an incredibly um, high percentage of kids that have you know, different learning disabilities, particularly ADHD, I think affects reading a great deal. And I think it's important that we not just capture kids who are already readers, but also teens who are reluctant readers, who maybe don't find it as easy to get into a book. Um, one of the things that I really try to accomplish with my books is pacing. I make sure that my books are moving very quickly so that kids that might be a little more prone to putting a book down are going to be inclined to keep turning pages with mine. Um, so that's something that I personally do in my work. 
But I also really, I try to attend as many literacy events as I can. I try to invest in them, you know, on a more community level as well. But in my writing, I actually do try specifically to reach out to reluctant readers. Right, right. And in terms of um, speaking, reaching out to readers, if you could make one wish for your readers, what would it be? I would wish them courage. I would wish every reader the courage to own what they want and to go after it. Oh, nice. I like that. I like that. Have you found yourself really having to embrace everything you've got and just charge after it? Because I know that in this writing industry, it can be really, really tough. I mean, all the rejections, I'm sure, could get you down so easily. And you really got to build a thick skin. Have you found yourself having to kind of embrace that message that you just gave out right now, that you got to develop that thick skin and really believe in yourself and go after your dreams? You do. And I absolutely did. I really had to embrace that rejection was not a stop unless I let it be a stop. Mm. Um, All rejection is, is a speed bump, maybe even a curve. And many times rejection will lead you to the place where you really need to end up. I do think it's very important to surround yourself with safe, supportive people, though. When you're on a creative journey or really any ambitious journey, if you're on any journey towards something, you need to make sure that the people that you are connected with and who are communicating with you regularly are people that support your dreams and who you are. I think that that helps a great deal as well. That's very true. That's very true. And I know that's kind of a message you try to relay through your books as well. And I also know that in Gone Too Far, your main character make some questionable choices. So I wonder, how do you kind of pick and choose what messages you want to relay in your books and you want to relay through your characters? It's interesting. I actually don't choose the messages. They come out as I write. Um, What I try to do is get deeply inside my character's head so that I can really believe and understand the choices that they would make. And sometimes I don't like those choices, but that doesn't mean I can let them make different choices because I'm writing their voice, not mine. So when I write a character that makes a poor choice, often a message will come from that because that will put them on a journey where they're going to learn something, often the hard way. But that's not something I choose so much as something that's kind of chosen for me along the way. Wow, wow, that's very cool. And you know, it kind of reminds me of that little saying that you don't choose the writer's life, the writer's life chooses you. Do you think that the writer's life really chose you? Do you think that you're here to send a message, to empower people through your work, and it's just a calling for you, not a career? It is definitely a calling for me. I think that's one of the reasons I avoided it is it felt so personal to me. It felt so very important. You know, it wasn't just a, hey, I could make some money this way. This is not the career choice for that. (laughs) Um, But it is the career choice if you want to make a difference, if you want to really connect with readers, with teens. This is the choice. Mm. It's a great choice. Very, very good. Thank you very much again, Natalie, for sharing all your insight today. Keep up the great work and we will keep rooting for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And during the break, everyone be sure to check out Natalie's website at nataliedrichards.com and pick up copies of her books, Gone Too Far and Six Months Later and My Secret to Tell, which will be available in October. They're going to be riveting. And remember to visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com. I'm Hannah Hundle and stick around. We'll be back in the next segment. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? 
Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Hannah Hundle, and today's hot topic is the gift of choice. We are having a blast on the show today, and it's about to get even better. That's because we get to welcome the change maker, Anita Tella, to the program. Anita has a mission to teach acceptance and love to children ages 4 to 9, so that they will grow up to be incredible, supportive, and loving teenagers immune to peer pressure and bullying. Anita also has a story to tell, and it's an important story, one that touches everyone, everywhere, and from every culture. But it is particularly important for children. Being different is normal. We are all different in different ways. Her recent book, The Ultimate Anti-Bullying Solutions Guide, The Surefire Way to Stop Bullying Now, crystallizes her mission and her story into a handbook for people who want to be a part of the solution. Anita is also a co-founder of the Santa Cruz Children's Charities, an organization dedicated to improving the lives of children locally and globally. And she founded Nomi's Boo Boo Bears, a soft sculpted bear suitable for both hot and cold therapy. As you can imagine, I am honored and elated to be talking to Anita today. Hi, Anita. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Thank you. Thank you. We are thrilled to have you here. And I love that we're talking about such an important topic as bullying. You know, it's gotten a lot of attention in the media recently. More and more people are bringing this issue to light, including you. And I thank you for your work in that because I think it's a very, very important topic to talk about. And bullying, it's not really a black and white issue. There's a lot of gray area here. So being the expert that you are, how do you define bullying? Well, it's very interesting that you're you're asking that question because see, bullying means that it's ongoing. It's something that happens over and over again, happens at school. You know, someone comes in, it's the same thing. It's ongoing with 
with, for instance, a child that's being bullied. When you're dealing with someone that is being, someone goes over and it takes a you know bag of chips and they pour over someone's head or they do stuff like that, that's just like, that's harassing or tormenting. It's very different. Bullying is when it's ongoing and it is, that's why it is so ugly and it, we have to stop this. We have to stick together and we got to do something about it. Wow, wow. I'm very intrigued by that distinction between bullying and harassment and tormenting. I think that's a distinction not a lot of people are aware of. And I wonder, how would you respond to the people who say that, oh, they're just kids being kids, when in fact it is bullying? Uh, it happens a lot. And it, oftentimes people will use it as an excuse because mm-hmm. they might have a little bit of, uh, you know, know that maybe they, they have done it themselves. Oftentimes it has been that. Oftentimes is they know someone and to be called a bully. I don't like to call someone a bully because I don't like to attack someone's person or character. I like to say the person that does the bullying. Mm. because it's it's kind of important you know um, we're talking about choices and all the choices that we are making are the building blocks of our life and to bully is also a choice it's a bad choice but it's still a choice and so when someone says oh we have always had like that it's always been this way well reality is that there has been studies done there was a study done in England and Scotland and these studies they studied people over 50 years and what they found is that these children that was bullied in middle school and sometimes younger and had been bullied when they were 50 years old and they still had hurt from that time so you cannot tell me that that it is just something that they'll grow out of because it isn't and when we have that mindset and we make choices to to have this mindset that is is no big deal that's when the problem is and that's why my mission and what I wanted to do and I'm so passionate about is to teach people and teach kindness and for everybody to get on the same page understand the seriousness of it and do something about it Right, right. I'm glad you brought that up. It is such a serious issue. And that study, that's astounding. And I think the thing is that perhaps the bullying happened to you back in middle school or back in high school. But as you grow up, you continue to play that tape in your head of those hurtful words. And you continue to see those hurtful images before your eyes. And they never really go away. And I think that's why that you really advocate starting as early as kindergarten to identify bullyish behaviors. Is that right? Absolutely. Why, why do you think that early? Well, what's happening is there is, again, we have to be very careful because one of the things that I'm noticing is that sometimes people are just using bullying as a way out to just, and they say, oh, my, my son is being bullied. And they go to the school and they say, my son is being bullied. And really, they're not being bullied. And so what happens again is the child that really is being bullied, they are again falling through the cracks because the strong personality, the person that maybe their child, you know, got, some water thrown at them, go in and take the power and, and talk about this. And so here again is the child that's, that's being um, bullied is falling through the cracks again. One of the things that we can do as early on 
with our children, say, for instance, you know, even kindergartners, you know, they have their pictures and stuff like that. You sit down with your child and you say, oh, tell me about this person, this person, this person. Your child will tell you in their own innocent little way. They will go, you know what? I don't like I'm just making it up. I don't like that little, that little boy right there. Mm-hmm. And then you say, well, why not? And then they tell you why. And then you can, you know, start working with that. Explain to your child, you know, how to, to deal with certain things. And, and also maybe talk to the, you know, if it does get serious and it becomes an issue, talk to the teacher so that we can early on make sure the children understands that, no, this is a way that we do things and this is a way that we don't do things. And so that they can learn very, very early on because you can see it in their aggressiveness. You can see it in their behavior. Mm-hmm. You can see it, you know, hitting um, and being mean, pulling, just doing things that are n- not okay. And they need to be called on it very early on and teach and learn kindness. Right, right. And what do you think are some of the warning signs for parents to be aware of warning signs that might indicate that their child is being bullied well there are some very obvious signs like they're coming home from school and their clothes are ripped you automatically these are these are the things that you you see automatically however pay very very much attention to their behavior changing when your child is making choices to not go to after school activities uh, comes home and goes to their room uh, immediately doesn't want to talk about it your happy little child um, you know is suddenly a child that uh, is more invert doesn't want to talk about things and uh, they're changing at that time you as a parent you notice the change in your child you make sure you say to them you know honey I need to talk to you I would like to talk to you about something and then you sit down and make sure that your child sit next to you and that you that you touch your child, that your child feels your presence and feels your warmth and knows that the child is safe. And then your child will talk to you about this, but you have to make sure that you tell your child that, you know, it's safe, I want what's best for you, we can work this out, we can do some role-playing, we're going to turn this into a, to something amazing. And uh, and then they they kind of wake up and they go, but mom, I don't want you to to go and tell you know the principal because that's just going to make me really you know everybody's going to think that I'm you know go and tell and and so then you just go well let's try to work on this and then you can do role playing with your child where your ch- you the parent kind of acts like the bully based on the information that the child is giving you and then you allow your child to say and speak about the things that bothers them and you just do a role play and help your child that way right wow yeah i mean i think it's ever so important for parents to be vigilant about the changes in behavior in their children and act accordingly and i do love that role playing example but i wonder in this conversation about what parents could be doing Do you think schools could be doing anything differently? Where do you think the responsibility lies for dealing with bullies? Should we deal with them in the homes or in the schools? Well, two things. Number one is no one is going to take care of your child and love your child and care for your child 
more than you do as a parent. Yeah. It comes home. It Unfortunately, what we see is we do see that, uh, that families and parents are really busy at times and stuff, and they say, well, it's happening in the school. It's their responsibility. No, it isn't. It is your responsibility as a parent to make sure that you do everything that you can and do not be intimidated. This is your child. It's their future. We know that the long-term effect of bullying, it is not a positive sight that your child has to look forward to. You need to take charge and you need to step in and you need to be the one that works with your child and that works with the schools and talk to them. The schools, many, many schools, and you know, have plans and have all these policies in place, but it's very hard for them, and especially in public schools where there can be up to 40, you know, 45 children in a class. It's very hard on the teacher. And when the teacher does approach a child and they try to talk about this, the first thing out of the kid's mouth that does the bullying is, I was just kidding. It's just a joke. Come on. You know, that's the way they go. So it's very hard for the teacher, but you as a parent can work with your child and make sure that your child that you start teaching your child about their importance what role they can play and how they can be able you know to to solve this problem right right and i love how you mentioned that it can be such a struggle to get the kid to open up because they're afraid of this notion of tattletaling. Mm-hmm. How do we teach kids that there's a real difference between tattletaling and telling something that's so important like bullying and getting rid of this issue once and for all? How do we teach children that there's such a difference between tattletaling and standing up for yourself? Well, it's it's actually quite easy because the child, you are the parent, like I said earlier, you are the parent, you make sure that they understand a tattletaling, that is something that you just go in there and you tell everybody, well, you know, he did this, he did that, but it doesn't really have much uh, power, yeah. but when they, are, when they really are being bullied, and that can, what can happen is serious consequences, everything from suicide to, uh, to, to really serious consequences. And when the child understands uh-huh. that they, they are allowed and they should be talking about these things and they understand the seriousness of the choices mm-hmm. that they're making, then it, it's okay to go and tell a teacher. Yeah, I agree. Wow, thank you very, very much, Anita, for this terrific conversation, and thank you for the work that you're doing. You are empowering and changing the lives of many. And during the break, everyone, be sure to check out Anita's website at anitatella.com. The book is called The Ultimate Anti-Bullying Solutions Guide, The Surefire Way to Stop Bullying Now. Be sure to grab a copy. And also, please visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com. I'm Hannah Hundel, and stay right here with us as we continue our conversation with Anita. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Hannah Hundel, and our program is Express Yourself. Today, the theme for our show is the gift of choices. And we are back with the very inspirational Anita Tella, author of the book, The Ultimate Anti-Bullying Solutions Guide, The Surefire Way to Stop Bullying Now. The book is designed to teach love and acceptance to children ages 4 to 9 so that they will grow up to be amazing, supportive, and loving teenagers immune to peer pressure and bullying. Anita is also a co-founder of Santa Cruz Children's Charities, an organization dedicated to improving the lives of children locally and globally. In 2006, the charity raised over $43,000 for Operation Smile, an organization working with children with facial deformities, making it possible for more than 200 children to get surgery and change their lives forever. Anita is also the founder of Nomi's Boo Boo Bears, a soft sculpted bear suitable for both hot and cold therapy. Anita donates 20% of all proceeds from the sale of Boo Boo Bears to Operation Smile. Calling Anita an inspiration doesn't even begin to scratch the surface. Hi again, Anita. Thank you for staying with us. Hi there. So I think that this issue of bullying, a lot of it boils down to this fear of being different. You know, I think nowadays kids are so wanting to achieve that very typical look, be that person that they hear about on TV and see in magazines. We all want to kind of be standardized. And you say that that's a mistake. Why? Because we are all born unique. When I go to schools, because I go to schools and I teach children about, you know, being different and how wonderful it is to be unique. And when I, and the children that I talk to most of the time are pretty young. They're up to, you know, nine, 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And so I say, you know, have you guys ever seen snowflakes? And some of them have. We live in California, so it's not, not always we have snow here. But anyway, and so I said, see how unique they are, so how beautiful they are. They are just so sp- special. That's just like you. And you are so amazing. And you need to take that amazing, your passion that you have inside it, that you know that you are really, really awesome at, and just do that. And make sure that you use your gifts and don't be don't worry about what other people think and so what i also teach children is um, how to set healthy boundaries 
and to make sure that it's okay to say no and and I do all these little things with them to make sure they understand that you know what we don't have to fit into a cookie cutter of what everybody looks like yeah and you know we are beautiful just the way we are my mm-hmm. son brandon uh, was born with a cleft palate and a cleft lip so that makes him you know, a little different because he has little scars and you can hear it a little bit in his speech and and he just uh, a little girl take a little bit of time here to tell this story because I really think it's really cute. And and he was like, I don't know, six years old. And this little girl looked at him and she goes, what's wrong with your face? Oh, and, and he looked at her and he said, there really isn't anything wrong with my face. When I was born, I was born with something that's called a cleft palate and a cleft lip. Mm. And he goes, so therefore, I had to have surgery. So that really, there isn't anything wrong with my face. I'm just a little different. I'm just a little bit more special because I have these little things here. Uh-huh. And she was like, wow. And to me, it's all about education. Because what I noticed with my son right there was that this little girl, she wasn't bullying him. What she was doing is she was being a little, you know, insensitive mm-hmm. and didn't know any better. And so, but he right away educated her mm-hmm. and that is what we need to do we need to educate people yeah. about how awesome it is to be different whether it's your skin color your whatever it is we are so unique and amazing and we need to believe that and take on that role and ignite the power in ourselves yeah yeah i mean you speak about the subject with such passion and such energy and i was wondering from where that flowed And do you think that your son, Brandon, has inspired you to spread this message of love and acceptance and positivity and kindness? Absolutely. He was the reason when I wrote, I wrote a book, A Little Different, All Perfect, and it won the San Francisco Book Festival. And I was very happy when that happened. But the reason for my book was my son. And then the other story why I'm so passionate is that when I was a little girl back in Norway, I grew up in Norway, I was about 10, 12 years old, and I started having pen pals in those days all over the world. Mm -hmm. And they are now my friends on Facebook. And, you know, I have, it's so funny, isn't it? And I had friends in South Africa, I had friends in Hawaii, I had friends in America, and all over Europe, everywhere. But what the one thing was that it didn't really matter what language we spoke, whatever it was, because it came down to love and caring for each other. And that was also my inspiration. My friend in South Africa my friend in Japan, and we all can get along. There is no reason for this ugliness. It all comes down to the fact that we are worried and we feel uncomfortable because someone is different than us. But if we, you know, we just embrace people and get to know their heart and who they are, like I did with my pen pals, we're all the same. We're all the same. We still, you know, as a teenager, I had the same problems with, you know, my parents and, you know, being strict like the, my friend in Japan. You know, we're all the same. We just have to stop building these walls. We have to break down the walls and embrace and really care for each other. Yeah, yeah. And do you think that one of the key ways to fight bullying is to help children realize that they are all the same, no matter the color of their skin, no matter their socioeconomic status? They all have the same struggles, the same challenges, and are all in this together. Do you think that's something that's key to fighting bullying? Absolutely. That is key. And also the key is to 
make sure that we educate. We must educate. As parents, we need to take on the responsibility that our little ones, they look at us and we are the one they are trying to, to, um, to copy. And so we need to be very careful with the words we're choosing to say and, and things that we're choosing to do when everything from watching TV to walk on the street. We need to be that example and take on that role and not just say, oh, well, it's the teacher's responsibility because that's where they are. No, we are the parents and we can teach love and kindness and we can do this. And we really, when, pe- when people stick together and we work as team, it's kind of like, you know, when you have a, you, you have a fire, you, you're starting up a fire. If you have, any, you have many logs, if you put them all in the different places and you turn them on fire, they're just going to burn, you know, simply over there a little bit. But if you take mm-hmm. all of them together, it will be a big flame. And that is the same thing. If we stand together against this horrible bullying yeah. and we make sure, because every single child has the right to have a good life. We all do. This is not something that is, you know, a 5% of the population should have a great life. No, no, no. We are all allowed to have a great life. And we, and people that bully, are not allowed to do that. And when we say, and I use simple terms like that because I deal often with younger kids. But no, it's not acceptable. And I believe we can make a change. Right. I love how you bring up that idea that you don't have the right to bully. Because I remember when I was in elementary school, And it was around third grade, and the girls were starting to get a little catty. And I remember the principal gathered all the girls in my grade around, and we all sat in one room. And she talked to us about this issue. She educated us about it. And I I will never forget what she said. She said to all of us that you don't have the right to rob someone's day. Mm-hmm. You don't have the right to take someone's joy out of their day. You don't have that right. And I think that's something that definitely we need to educate people about. And I love that you're educating young children about this issue through your writing. And I wonder that how else are you promoting this anti-bullying message? Are you giving talks at schools, at after-school programs? Are you meeting with kids one-on-one very often to talk about this issue? Well, what I do is I do um, go to schools. I also go and I do speak. And I also, for, for families and, and children that needs more, they can just go to anitatella.com and send me a message. And I work with people one-on-one too. I, I do that. But um, more than anything, when I go to schools and I have all these kids in front of me, and I have the opportunity to teach them. They are so amazing. They know that they can make a difference in the world. And they know that they are kind of like, you know, the, uh, the one that's going to hit the, the finishing line. It's almost like yeah. one, little boy, one little boy looked at me and he goes, I never thought about it that way. He goes, I didn't mean to use those words. And he's a little guy. I didn't mean to use those words. It was so cute. Because we teach them. And, you know, Nelson Mandela said, he said, we can change the world through education. And we really can. We can. We can. Wow. Thank you, Anita, for sharing all your wonderful insight today. You are changing the world one positive message at a time. Keep it up. For more information on Anita's work, be sure to visit AnitaTella.com and grab a copy of her book, The Ultimate Anti-Bullying Solutions Guide. The surefire way to stop bullying now. It is a game changer. As always, all good things must come to an end. And this show gave us an in-depth look at how we all have a choice 
about what character traits we want to embody and how we're going to make an impact on the world. Choose wisely. Thank you to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and Perry Damone's Kid Star for producing this show where we empower kids. Thank you to our Voice America Kids crew, especially Bruce Solstein and Rio Bonstra. Thank you to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Hannah Hundle, and you have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For more info on our creative community, go to btsya.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, be ready to make good choices, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself